and it goes like this. All right, so how was your week, Caleb Trustin? I, I had was... a. Oh, go <laughs> no, ahead. you go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I had a great week. Started my new clinical rotation this week. Um, wow, yeah, and I'm just really tired. I was trying to go live, like, as soon as we came in with the DJ air horn effect. Let's go! Like that, but it, like, takes me to load. Oh, my to load. But my week <laughs> was okay. Pretty good. I mean, I can't really complain. Felt long. Um... I put in my two weeks at my job because I'm going back to school to teach. So that's cool. Um, yeah, started reading a book called Teacher Man. It's about a teacher. Nice. nice. I don't know. I think it's in the title. Yeah. So, so you're working as a teacher. So are you going back to like school to like educate yourself to be a teacher or going back literally to school to do your job and be a teacher? Like, you know what I mean? You're going to school to teach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my job. Okay, okay. So school starting again. I'm in like this uh, alternative resident educator program where I'm learning, doing assignments to get my license, but I'm going back to be like a substitute teacher until I can get a full-time position. So got it nice yep. nice what about you Brian? do the air horn nice. no no air horn Tom oh yeah uh, oh snap transitions wow. so Transition. as you can tell, as you can tell we are messing around with sound effects we have been doing a lot of shit in the back end uh <laughs> wow we have been doing a lot of shit. Uh, for me, no, we haven't. It's no, been the same it, for no weeks. advancement. We're, I'm still in the same boat. Still a dad. Still dealing with that. <laughs> so That's supporting. I'm still dealing with my baby. That baby. That's good. The baby. Still, still, still a dad. That's good. Yes, I'm still <laughs> a dad. Um, yep. yes, and by that I mean like my wife hasn't left me and taken my kid. So he's starting, he's starting to get a little lighter though. He's like team light skin. Oh, <laughs> the baby? I think. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah the baby. Not yeah, Brian. <laughs> He's by, like, by the way, like not not the baby, just my baby. Not the okay. rapper. Just oh, I did have this funny like mental image of you just like being inside twenty four seven and getting like paler and paler and paler. That's literally what I thought you meant. No, his child makes sense. His child's a little mixed baby. Well, I thought the at the beginning you meant lighter as in like losing weight. I'm like, well, that's not good either. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Too. I was like, dang. I was like, does he know something no. that I don't know? Wow. Melatonin. Melatonin. Melanin. Hello. That's what I meant. <laughs> Melanin. Melatonin helps you sleep. <laughs> That's what I need is sleep. Oh man, melatonin. Nice. This is why you have a pharmacist. <laughs> Correct us from a wrong. Hey, again, it's kind of funny because like at my current job, I like transcribe search queries. I can't really say more than that, but I have had people like mix those up before. They're like, "How much melanin do I take before bed?" You know, or like they're like they do. The, they made the same mistake I did, but they're like, "What's the?" I don't know how to phrase it, but they mix those up. I'm not alone. Okay. No, I've seen. I'm not alone. I've seen memes and stuff. 
We do all the time. Melatonin. Yep. Am I a melatonin? Oh. Melat melatonin. 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 Yes. Yeah. And then the minimini. So I kind of want to throw something out there. Kind of give no. your feedback. Go ahead. Before we jump into our normal podcast. Uh, so, like, I guess words, right? Words have meaning, right? So at what point do words change um, to the point where, like, they're not offensive or become offensive, right? As an example, like, um, like the meaning gay, like, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, Christmas songs that have, like, the, the word gay in mm. it, saying, like, you know, meaning happy, right? Mm. So, and that, like, most of those songs are, like, what, 30s? 30s, 20s, if I'm not wrong. Like, 50s. I don't know. Really? I don't know. But now, mm. obviously, it means, you know, you know what it means. Um, so, the other thing, too, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because... Beyonce, Beyonce, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I have to put you on blast. But, uh, you know, she did come out with her new album where, you know, she, there's a part where it's like says Spazzin. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, that song, Spazzin. Okay. So, mm-hmm. obviously, like here, you know, you can say like, like I've been Spazzin, right? A, a lot of people use it in their normal vocabulary, right? Mm-hmm. But in other countries, like that means like the literal literal term right so i was thinking like i guess like when when do when do they change like you know what i mean like what do you do like how do they change like what makes them i guess like cool or not or like not cool but like you know something that becomes slang right that's my question if that makes sense like when does it not become offensive or something negative like when does it change yeah yeah um i guess mm, mm. i mean i guess like for example, she had the word ratchet. which one ratchet you guys remember ratchet like that's so yeah. ratchet you know i'm talking mm-hmm. about like mm-hmm. like ratchet but for me means like <laughs> oh the tool or something yeah <laughs> or like I, ratchet, I think and, ratchet clank. and clank I yeah 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 oh i don't know it's just something interesting to think about because it's like like the english language is so like i'm glad that we're changing with it and sometimes it's it's for the better like i've seen the the examples that are putting out that are being put out there are for the better um it's like also in the spanish language is like some things that we find um that we don't find offensive in the language like in the spanish language might sound offensive um in english right so, but go ahead, Tristan. I didn't mean you cut you off. I don't know. I was gonna say I don't. I don't know if they'll ever necessarily mean something different, or if it changes. I think they'll fall in and out of popularity. Um, but I feel like you can find um, like all the def- definitions to still be there. Like I think if you look up gay, like you'll still see like happy, homosexual. Like I don't know. Um, and I think it also depends on the word. I mean, obviously the N word comes to mind. Well, like when you started yeah. this so it's like i guess like depends on like the original usage of the word too will kind of affect how it gets used throughout history um yeah but i also think of like how we used to say gay for like anything that was negative like oh that's gay that sucks so it's like hmm, i don't know i think it just fall in and out of favor and then we kind of like oh we shouldn't do that and then we stop and just they come and go 
I think yeah. language changes, like language and culture go hand in hand. So, um, and I think language is evolving quick, like more rapidly than it has in the past because of social media. Um, and I think that also, I mean, we, one of our like very first episodes we were talking about cancel culture, but people yep. get angry about language on the internet where you know in your friend group your like community you could use that word use it online you might get canceled so it's like i think we all have a different idea of language what's appropriate what's not appropriate and then when we try to like bring other people into that or we see it on the internet we react in certain ways and then yeah i think like because in like some communities like spaz and spazzing isn't like, you don't think of it because i know lizzo just took it out of her song because she didn't realize it was like uh an offensive word um but i do think that problems can like arise when someone says hey like i'm offended by that and then the other person like invalidates their feelings and says like you have no right to be offended, right? I think we should all like treat each other with like some grace, some dignity, and take what people have to say to heart. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wow, deep, that's deep. deep. That's what she said. Yeah, the other word that I mean, the other word that I was thinking that I used to say when like in an elementary school was like beastie. Like that's so beastie, oh, dude. Gosh, like. <laughs> I know. I like. This came to mind, and I'm like, bro. Whoa. I used to say, "Wow, that's so beastie, dude." I'm trying to think of what I like. Said. I flipped, um, like for example, the other thing is like, like the like a, a word that just came into like popularity recently uh, in the last couple years is like no cap. Like no one used to say that, uh-huh. you know. Like in school, when we went to school, like you know, if you say no cap, that meant like. Are you talking about like a cap for your pencil or like a baseball cap? Like, I don't really know. So it's just, it's just like, you know, obviously there's words that like don't really have like a bad meaning towards them, but it's just like random that just pops mm-hmm. up, right? The other word too that I've been seeing recently, um, as well as like cringing, like, you know, like no one used to say like, hey, that's so cringe, mm-hmm. you know, again, when we were in school, but that like that, that's now like, we would say like oh that's awkward right because that's the word that you're trying to look for but i feel like cringe has like a different i don't know sometimes people try to give it an extra connotation mm-hmm. so like i don't know like i could be i could say like you know we could re-listen to our podcast and caleb could say like wow you know brian you sound so cringy it's like well what does yeah. that mean the word how do i take that a word that comes to mind for me is like sus or like suspect or suspicious because like (laughs) that i feel like that kind of came to be from the game like among us in a way but then it like altered into like this like transphobic kind of word where or like because i I think it's it's used in a negative way sometimes like oh that person's sus you know that person might be gay or that person might be trans and then like (laughs) since i heard that and like read that it could be considered like homophobic or transphobic like i've tried to avoid the word but really it just arose out of like suspicious you know 
and now like that word has like a certain connotation whenever you use it so yeah interesting i don't know how do you guys feel about the word uh the word banana what do you guys think <laughs> banana yeah. wow i think of a lot of things okay i think of the song to spell it that's the only way i can N-A-N-A-S. this song is a bop thank you gwen isn't it yeah for that reason, I used to spell it with two ends, but it's wrong. But like, where would you put the, which end? which end? Like, which end would you group together? The middle end. The what? middle end. But, Is there a middle end? Yeah. <laughs> There's only two. <laughs> There's no middle end. Oh, you mean like the end that's like grouped in between the B and the N? Yes. Yes. Ban- oh, yes. Middle Banana. end. Banana. Banana. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. My I don't My know. Doesn't say like the like the buh part. She just says nena. I want a nena. Nena. <laughs> I want nena. Usually I offer a banana because Funny. like immediately when she wakes up in the morning, she's like orange, and that means not an orange, the fruit. It means an orange popsicle from the freezer. Oh. Um, or or it means the different word yep. meaning. Yep. Uh, or it means the cheese puffs that are orange on top of the fridge. She's really into the color orange. Not very much into bananas. Every time I offer a banana, she shrieks at me like a <laughs> uh, banshee. And she has the right to. What do you She mean? has the right to. Bananas are evil. Yeah. Bananas, not bananas are inherently. Evil. And that being but, said. Go ahead. That being said, let's hit it. Let's go with our normal podcast for today. Normal. Wah, wah, oh. So my name is Priam. My name is Caleb. And I'm Tristan. And we're three men in our shower thoughts. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You guys are so kind. Um, but yeah. Anyone that's listening to this, again, thank you so much for uh, listening to us. I know we usually Kevin? have... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we usually have a break in between. Uh, we uh, Our goal is to post at least three podcasts a month. So... Wait. May, maybe two? Maybe two? I don't know. Okay. I just want to give you you know, a heads up for the listeners out there to not think that we just don't care. But that being said... You just had uh, a baby, guys. <laughs> No baby, no baby. But that being Duh said, baby, what's up? That being said, Caleb did bring up a good point of bananas, right? Um, his daughter hates bananas, so and She's there might be a reason them. why. You know, Ooh, maybe. In today's topic, I kind of want to dive deep into the dark history of the Cavendish banana and the other banana that we don't sell here in the U.S., but you can still get. Uh, it's mm. called the. Gross Michelle, other word or otherwise known as the Big Mike. So, I'm gonna pass this on to you guys. Valid. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read this to you very close. <laughs> Big Mike. Yeah, it sounds beastly. Uh, that being said, where do you think the Cavendish banana comes from? My first guess is India. Okay. India, maybe. I don't know. Tropical? Yeah, Brazil. Let's say Brazil. Really. Okay. Brazil. Okay. You guys both know no. what like the Cavendish banana is, right? No. 
<laughs> okay, the okay, the Cavendish banana is literally the banana that we have in the stores. Like all of them? That's it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. can yes, I change my them. answer? Can I change my answer? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, they come out of a yeah. lab. Run pot. Bezos. GMO. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amazon is listening. Wait, he doesn't own Amazon. Or he still owns Amazon. He's not the CEO. He's like a oh, board that did member. happen. Yeah, but he's not the CEO. Yeah. <sighs> I feel he bad for that guy sports. sometimes. You know? Dude, he <laughs> didn't have a father, okay? He didn't have a father. Like, I was talking... All right, real quick, before <laughs> we dive into it. I was talking to my friend... Shout out Max if he ever listens to this. We're talking about Elon Musk, and we're like, in a way, you put anybody in that position, how do they not go absolutely insane when you have billions of dollars and that kind of influence on the world? You would go absolutely crazy. And I like, in a way, I have compassion for these billionaires. We still may need to eat them. I'm not gonna say no, but. I feel kind of bad for him because like, like, yeah, they were driven by insane desire and I don't know. Anyway, no, Elon, if that's... you're listening, I'll give you a hug. <laughs> you can come talk. Just... And that's crazy. You bring, you bring that up because we do, I, in this story, there's a lot of like, you know, entrepreneurs that, you know, kind of do bad things in order to get money. Right. And I feel like insatiable greed. Yes. Greed. So. All right. So just quick history of the banana, where it comes from. Some people believe just a normal banana, just, you know, bananas, not normal. Yes. There's there's hella bananas out there. There's actually like a thousand. But that being said, like some some people think that how they got here um, or sorry, how they got spread was uh through Arabian slave traders from Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia. Um, and they, when they originally got them, they were about the size of your, of the adult finger, which is the average adult finger is like 3.7. If you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's and long so, enough. That's what I'm yep. hearing. <laughs> All about the ocean, the motion in the ocean, baby. Anyways, uh, they gave the word uh, banyan, which is which stands for finger in Arabic. Supposedly, I really don't know. I try to look it up, but I can't. Like, like Steve read. Bannon, you know? <laughs> yeah, like Bannon. Bannon. Steve Finger. Steve yeah. Finger. And I can't like I yeah I can't read Arabic, so I really don't know. So if anyone that's listening Arabic or speaks Arabic, please tell me if I'm right or wrong. Hmm. But other people think that it comes from West Africa, right? So I did ask where, you know, where does the Cavendish banana comes from? It is considered a, a seedless triploid, which usually a normal, you know, a normal plant has just two chromosomes, two sets of chromosomes, kind of like us. But this, uh, a triploid has three types of chromosomes, which is crazy. So, so wait, all bananas have Down syndrome. <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> no you know like that kind of makes sense because like you ever put your finger like in the very middle of a banana it splits into three it splits into <laughs> oh three parts have you ever done I didn't that? think that's where you're going with that but <laughs> <laughs> have you ever split a banana into three parts like down the middle like down the center mm -hmm. that is true Ooh. have you done that before Illuminati not wait triangle do we have it 
There we go. All right. Sorry. I'm not a confirmed. Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. So they get. I don't. It, there's like scientific part, you know, shit going on in the background that I can get into, but for the sake of Thank this you. podcast, don't lie. <laughs> for the sake of this podcast, yes. For the sake of this podcast, we're just gonna skip it. Um, so it was named after the sixth Duke of Devonshire, William Cavendish. Uh, so that's yep, the white man. Uh, so originated from southern China, 1826, uh, taken to the country uh, Mauritius, a country in Africa. Then from there, and he got taken to England, where okay. Joseph Paxton. The Duke's gardener, okay, in 1829 took some samples, okay, propagated it in the in their like green room, greenhouse. Sorry, not green room, greenhouse, okay, uh, in the Chatsworth House by Derbyshire Dales, England. Anyone in England listening? I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. Uh, to the point where he got, he actually won a medal for, but uh. Botanically, botanically describing, descri- describing as or describing that banana as the Musal Cavendish. I think I said that correct. Maybe not. Who knows? Okay, um, so gotta. Are you looking this up? Looking this up, huh? No, I'm just I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to like make sense of it all. So, a guy from. So originated in like Southeast Asia. Taken to Africa, taken to England, England, propagated, whatever that means. And then it was in England. How do you grow bananas in England? Is that even possible? In the greenhouse? Yeah, so, Reproduce. Yes, oh, in the okay. greenhouse. Yes. So ah, that's, pretty much how, that's pretty much how it happened. So by propagating, is if you're for anyone that plants or starts their stuff from seedlings. That's pretty much what propagating is. It's just kind of starting it from seedlings. So obviously, since it's a, since it had, it's a triploid, it can't reproduce normally. Instead, it's it's kind of like a giant herb that gets like taken out. So like a sucker. I don't know if you know what like, like a like a shoot. So from that herb, like a from that herb. Sorry, <clears throat> from that herb. Uh, they they slice it. They take that. Then they replant that. Then that gives fruit, and then it dies. Mm. So and that's called phytostem monocarpic. (laughs) That's what I got. So, anyways, stem is monocarpic. Okay. So then, John. So then, after that, right? So we get the the banana, the Cavendish banana, right? So John Williams, a missionary, took some of the suckers, the lower main stem of the plant. To Samoa in 1838 and spread it to like Tonga and, F- and Fiji in 1840s. Oh. And it is said that the plants were brought to the Pacific Islands to the east coast of Australia in 1850. Wow. So this this specific banana, the the Cavendish banana, doesn't hit market until 1903. Does um, that mean like the U.S. The, market, or does that mean like yes, world market yes, U.S. What? market? Yep, okay. nope, gotcha. just U.S. market. Uh, when the Panama disease attacked the Gross Michel, the Big Mike, okay. So <laughs> Italian sub, like yeah, big Mike. I need the a, big Mike. You walk in, uh, it has the salami, it has the ham, it has the, has the, has the. Ah, oh, fuck, what's it called? It's like uh, capricola. It has capricola. like the it has the provolone cheese. You got the 
Give me the big mic. Give me the big mic. Are you thinking because big mic subs? That's what I'm Jersey, thinking. Yeah, Jersey mic. Maybe that's Jer- Jersey. Jersey. Oh. Dude, wow. Yeah, there you know. go. All right, so what is the gross Michelle banana? Uh, let's take a look really quick. Do you guys know what it is? is? It green? Have you seen it before? Mm, maybe it's smaller. Maybe it has seeds. I don't know. Oh, it's my guess. Really? Okay. All right. So this is pretty much the same thing. Around 1830, French planter Jean Poyot discovered it growing in the Caribbean islands of Martique. From Martique, is it Martique? Martique. 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 So I don't know. From 1870 to un, un, until late 50s. Um, so, sorry. Wait. Oh, sorry. From eight, sorry, my apologies. From 1870 until the late fifties in the U S it was the, the only banana sold. Right. Ooh. So that was, the that was the banana. Right. All the old um, folk, so, like the 80 year olds are like back in my day, <laughs> we had different bananas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so even though it was called the big Mike. The actual girth of the banana for you, Caleb, is slim. Okay, some believe <laughs> some believe it's because of its flavor <laughs> that it packs. You just like slid that in. So I was just like, <laughs> she's like I love that. Like, the, uh, the big mic make? was not that big. Hard to hear. Yep, scam. It was a scam. Anyway. Oh my goodness. So anyways, uh, so in 1890s, the first losses of the gross Michelle was reported in Panama and Costa Rica. And so pretty much what happens is that it's a, it's a soil born fungus and it pretty much spread through Central America and people made it worse because with this fungus, like you couldn't, you can't tell when you actually have the plant infected until it gives the bananas because it actually if it doesn't give bananas, that's how you know it turns brown. So the growers or the farmers made it worse by continuing planting it. And no! so since, since the issue is with these plants, you know, they are, since they don't, you know, since they're being reproduced from the same plant every time, they pretty much have the same genes. So therefore, they're all exact copies. And once once the fungus gets one, the rest are history. So. That's Damn. the issue with what Sorry, happened here. Mike. Yep, yep. So only in the vast lands, only the vast lands of like of Central America where they didn't have the fungus, so what we call virgin lands, prevented the early collapse of the banana industry, okay? So okay. if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the extra land, we wouldn't have bananas today possibly. I don't know. But the land didn't contain uh, the fungus was hard to come by. Sorry, the land that didn't contain fungus was hard to come by because by 1950s, the production of the Big Mike was so high because they had to pretty much make sure that no more were getting infected, right? So mm. so pretty much that's what happened. It got taken out of the market. Um, it's still grown today. Up. It's still oh, growing really? today. It's just not, yeah, it's not commercially growing. So you can, you can find places and farmers that are actually still growing it here in the U S hmm. um, and some in greenhouses. So I feel um, like some, 
TikTok woman is like, here are my big Mike bananas. Yep. So how did the how did the bananas get to America though? So people um, are saying that people hmm. say that oh go ahead, go ahead. I remember we talked a little bit about bananas uh in a previous podcast. Ooh. I forget the guy's name, but he was like the father of like public relations. I know he was involved. I know the CIA was involved. I know some crazy <laughs> shit went down. Hey, yeah, over bananas. Hold on, hold on. We talked about this. CIA. The f- I typed in CIA. <laughs> you know what? You know what came up? Big Mike. The first thing that came up: <laughs> banana wars. Banana. banana wars. CIA banana wars. Yes, we will talk about banana wars in this episode. Oh like something shit! Out of Adventure Time. Um. Uh, no, hold on. Father of public. Edward Bernays. That's Ooh. who I was thinking of. Maybe we won't talk about this dude, but I'm just looking him up. <laughs> Banana. Okay. Well, anyways, the the short answer is the short answer is the Portuguese just kind of brought it to the Americas <laughs> before. Boring. Yeah, that's pretty much it during their colonization for America in the 1700s. So oh. that's pretty much it about that. Um, mm-hmm. But. But Americans were so obsessed with bananas when they were first introduced to the um, to the U.S. market mm-hmm. that on June fifth, eighteen seventy six, uh, this exotic fruit was introduced to visitors in the uh, world World Fair uh, in the U.S. Actually, wow. also what was introduced at the same time was Alexander. Uh, bell's telephone so wow. the banana and the telephone were in the you know same what's room. introduced at the ohio state fair <laughs> butter cheese handguns they just literally give you a gun when you walk in. no i'm just kidding nice <laughs> <Why am I laughs> <saying? laughs> butter i'll, I'll stick with the butter question <laughs> yeah so anyways also heinz ketchup was also introduced to uh to people that's the huge world. bananas yeah. the telephone in Heinz ketchup. There's like, more, but those are the three in, major in ones. Human that, displays. Oh, okay. cool. Well, that's a trio. That's <laughs> yeah. a trio right there. What more there. do you need? Yeah. Yeah, yeah one more. Exactly. I think the the like the light dynamo, like to produce power, was introduced there too, but it's not Lame. as cool as a banana, so Lame. Yeah, so anyways, we're about All to we get started. That big mic. Yeah, we need a big mic. Grab your big mic, guys, because we're about to get into this. The dark history of every big mic that may not be that big. (laughs) But it packs the flavor. It packs the flavor. You can still call it a big mic. You're allowed. You're allowed. Name it whatever you want. It's big to you. Yes, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Tristan, you've been very quiet. I'm sorry. Why is that? Huh? He's, he's thinking about his <laughs> big mic. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, make anyway. sure you check the explicit <laughs> box on the Anchor website when you post this, because this is explicit content, folks. Don't yes. let your kids listen to this. For sure. All right, so let's let's get started. Okay, Central America and the United Fruit Co. Okay, otherwise. That's company. what it was. The no, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. All right. Never mind. So, 
let's brief history of United Fruit Co. Okay, it turns out United Fruit Co. becomes Chiquita, the brand that we use today. So the your bananas come from United Fruit Co. You know that's what they're rebranded. Re we'll talk about that later on in the episode. But Lorenzo Dow Baker in 1870, a voyage from Orinoco, a river in South America, Venezuela, mostly Venezuelan soil, Colombian, uh, to Jamaica, and then he went to Philadelphia. Um, that's where he he saw the banana. He said, "Hey, we can sell this shit in the U.S. Let's make mm. some money. Let's make some moolah." So he pretty much is the person that is said that he started the, the modern banana production industry, okay? And then in 1881, his brother-in-law and Lorenzo and eight others formed the Boston Fruit Company. So that's the beginning of this company, right? So okay. they saw that they have bananas. They're making money. They said, hey, we can get this shit to the U.S. and make hella money, okay? So then... Let's go into the Boston Fruit Company. So they pretty much handle bananas and other fruits from the West Indies to the northern east part of America. And uh, they just the issue was that they just wanted to be able to make perishable fruit to the to, to get to the American market before it spoiled, right? And that's important. That's important. That's key, right? They want to make sure that they're able to get their produce or their goods to the market, sell it to whoever's buying it to this, these grocery stores, make their money, and then it just kind of goes. It's it's all up to the grocery people store to kind of figure out if they're going to sell it or not. Right. So again, that's important. So how do you how do you do that? So we need a lot of supply to outweigh that cost. Control the supply chain to reduce costs as well. Right. So if you control the supply chain, you are able to reduce costs. Right. That's important uh -huh. too. So. Lorenzo was president during the Boston Fruit Company, uh, president and manager of the Tropical Division. I that kind of sounds cool. I don't know. I kind of had to throw that in there because the I want to be division. Yeah, I want to be part of the Tropical Division. I don't know. Anyways, by 1895, they owned four, 40,000 40, acres, including 35 plantations and deep water frontage in the harbors of Port Antonio and Port Morant Damn. in Jamaica. So this is crazy because these white men in 1895 have already land in Jamaica, right? Which is Jamaica's predominantly a black uh, country, right? Mm. So it's just crazy. <laughs> the white man is at it again. The so, white man. The white man. No melatonin <laughs> they, in there. No, no melatonin. No melatonin. They need melatonin. The white man needs melatonin. <laughs> Anyways, that sounds that sounds kind of. Sorry, I apologize. No kidding. <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> I can't say that. They Anyways, really have crippling insomnia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they so, yes, melatonin. they need that. That's the issue with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. They just <laughs> need melatonin. That's it. So, anyways, they they pretty much so the Boston Fruit Company owns their own lines of steamships, right? So that pretty much operate from Boston to Baltimore. So they're they already have in control the the waters, right? So they're able to transport mm. their own fruits back and forth. And they also have land. Um, and during that time to kind of get the banana going, because to introduce something into a market, you kind of have to market it, right? That is delicious, that it's good, where it comes from, the country that it comes from, right? So mm -hmm. they started giving trips to tourists to visit the West, West Indian islands. So kind of just checking it out. 
say, hey, this is where it comes from. You can stay here. So that's crazy. That's pretty much, it's pretty much what the Boston. Go ahead. When was this? Like late 1800s? And they were were they doing yep. big mics or just like all bananas? Early. This no, oh. this was just the big mic banana at the time. Oh, because yeah, that yeah, that was the that's. Yeah. So the reason why big mics was so popular popular was because it did have a long shelf life. So, and again, it does mm. it, it it does pack a punch compared to the Cavendish banana. Um, so that's the issue oh. is that the big mic lasts longer. <laughs> <laughs> Pause for effect. <laughs> Last longer, more flavor. Uh, yeah, and the crazy fa- the crazy fact about the Boston Food Company is that their steamboats were used um, in the Spanish American War um, for war related mm. functions. So that's kind of that's kind of a brief history of the Boston Food Company. Okay, so these send, people, Lorenzo, yeah, Lorenzo Baker, already getting money. He making bank. He has his brother in law. Eight other people kind of running it. So then we have this other guy, Minor Cooper Keith. He's an American businessman who pretty much runs everything in Central America. He's already established over there, and he does railroads, commercial agriculture, cargo liners. And this is all important because, again, it's all Central American countries, and he also does – he has a couple of things going on in the Caribbean region of Colombia. Uh. So how did he get involved with bananas, right? Did he just randomly think, hey, bananas? No. So while yeah, working in the Costa Rica, yeah, yeah, he said, let me taste that big mic. That's what he said. <laughs> and he said but in all reality, though, uh, he started working in the Costa, Rica, uh, Costa Rican Railroad, which uh, was originally a project by his uncle, right? So what is the Costa Rican Railroad, okay? The Costa Rican, the Costa Rican president pretty much signed a contract with Keith's, uh, Keith's uncle, or Minor Coop Keith, for construction of a railroad from the capital San Juan to Puerto Limon, or Port Lemon, um, just to kind of have, you know, a sort of transportation, right? Um, they needed transportation because Costa Rica was, at the time, their big export uh, good was coffee to Europe. So they needed to be able to move that coffee. So in return, um, you know, they asked, you know, Keith's uncle to build them the railroad. But what, what happened? Why? What, what's the backstory to the Costa Rican railroad? Why is it important? So after, after they signed that, right, the, the railroad to build was very difficult. Again, it's, this is happening late 1800s. To, you know, technology is kind of not there yet. So, and a lot of the countries have not been explored or the lands haven't been touched. So a lot of jungle, a lot of shit going on. Right. So mm-hmm. the issue started with little money, not little money provided. So the Costa Rican government wasn't able to provide as much money to build this railroad. So that was the issue. Uh, terrain was rugged. Th- there was a thick, thick jungle, a thick jungle, okay. you know, just like the, never mind. There was horrible rain. Horrible rain and diseases like malaria and yellow fever. And actually Keith's brother, Three of his brothers died during the construction of this. The first 25 miles. Ha, you know, maybe that's karma. It's karma for being. I mean, 25 miles building that back in the day. That's probably like yeah, the first that's, that's year. A lot. You know? Yeah, that's a maybe. lot, honestly. Yeah. So what happened next? The Costa Rican government did not have enough money to pay Keith. Okay. Oh, so, sorry, Keith. So, 
So Costa Rican government said, no mas dinero. And Keith was like, I need my money. So then Keith was like, look, I'm going to build this, this railroad by myself. So he asked for loans from other countries and raised it from private, uh, you know, uh, from private uh, co companies and whatnot. And so what he did was because the Costa Rican government was not able to pay the railroad because they were broke, Keith lent them money. So Keith was like, I'll give you money and, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to drop your interest rates, but you got to give me something in return. So what does Costa Rica do? What do we have that he can have? They give him land, hella land. Oh, shit. Know? So the Costa Rican government in return gives him land. So the president of Costa Rica give, gives Keith, ready for this, 800,000 acres. Jesus. God damn. That's, and it's all tax free. So he wasn't getting charged, no money, all free. That's what he got in return for lowering their interest rate to the loan that Keith gave the Costa Ricans. And that's that's, that's around crazy. 6% of the total territory in Costa Rica. That shit is um, wild. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like me lending you money and be like, hey, give me land? I can't give me your house. I can't even like imagine what 800,000 acres I know. looks like. I mean, knowing it's 6% of Costa Rica helps, but. That's, that's hella. I mean, I feel like even, one, white even like one or two acres. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of land for a white man. Two right. acres are for me is a lot. But anyways, so that's pretty much what happened. So then on top of that, the Costa Rican government said, hey, look, we're going to give you a 99-year lease on the operations uh, done on the train routes. So pretty much Keith had control of the railroads for 99 years complete control so he can do whatever he wanted with those so not only did he get heck? land this man was a businessman yeah all said, right give me my money bro he said he backed them into a corner he said give me a shitload of land and i'm gonna take your trains i'm taking your trains with me yeah like twist their arm or something i just don't understand Different. i mean is costa rica well, like the they bitch? <laughs> No, they didn't have any money to pay him. And they were they was like building their railroads. Run them out know? of town. Run them out of town. <laughs> he was like, uh, he's like Akon. And, oh my gosh. Akon. <laughs> I don't know. But it's really the Chinese government. That yes, is Chinese government it. is funding a lot of African projects, which is crazy because the stuff that's happening in this story is actually happening right now in modern world times. So just keep that in mind. But anyways, so this dude gets railroads, land, all because the Costa Rican government doesn't have enough money. And at the time, and this is important, a lot of Central American uh, countries have are just got their independence. So they just gained independence from Spain, right? So they're just starting out, you know, they're trying to build infrastructure, all that stuff. And, you know, they need help. So that's, you know, they said, hey, we'll give you a lot of, you know, land in return. You can do something for us. So that was, that's what happened with that, right? So what happened to Keith after all that happened? So after, after the completion of the railroad, his money was tight, right? So he needed to pay off the debt from the railroad because, again, remember, he raised the money himself with loans from, like, other people in Europe and stuff. So he needed money. So he started to... It sounds like the... Uh, oh, what's that story? The Firefest story where the guy yeah. has like debt, but he's trying to throw like, yeah. a music festival, so he just like takes yeah. on more debt in different Dude, forms. Dude, that's crazy. He's like oh running away gosh. from his debt. 
Tristan, do you know what I'm talking about? Fire Fest. It no. actually happened. Caleb, explain. Uh, yes. It actually happened. This guy like threw a music fest, but none of it was real, essentially. And somehow Ja Rule was involved. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he like he invested in it or like was the spokesperson. Yeah. So a lot of people um, went. They were promised yeah. like all this like fancy stuff, fancy lunches, fancy like hotels by the beach, and all they got was like sandwiches because <laughs> they hit they didn't have like enough food, enough water. People supposedly people bailed out, like performers or whatnot. So all these people were like stuck in an island, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah, they didn't have yeah, any transportation exactly. either. Like, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, but back to my story. So this dude gets in the banana trade, right? He said, I need money. So in 1873, Keith experiments. He likes to experiment. You know, you got to experiment sometimes in life. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Yeah, especially yes, with big he, did. he experimented with a big mic. So he started planting big mics. And so he obtained them from the roots uh, that he obtained from the French. So again, like most of these plants are, most of these bananas are, what do I call it? Triple. Oh, uh, yeah. Triple, three chromosomes. Triploid. Yeah, three chromosomes. So Triploid. You, they don't have seeds, right? So then pretty much the, the market for bananas, um, sorry, to market the bananas, he began running steamboats from Limon, so the port of Limon, to New, New Orleans. So he pretty much was like, hey, New Orleans people, New Orleans, get on the boat. We'll take you to Limon, explore. Uh, some promise like this great voyage and fun, whatever. And at the, mm -hmm. the same time, kind of what the other dude did, um, my boy uh, Baker with his stuff, they kind of promoted their their bananas, right? So once he did that, he established what is called the Tropical Trading and Transport Company as his banana export business. So he got this shit rolling. And he partnered with another plant banana plantation in Panama and in Colombia to kind of get his roots in there, right? In other words, plant his bananas there. And he pretty much dominated Central America and Colombia, right? So in 1899... Do you think he's uh, given his workers insurance? <laughs> and Hell no! No, that's the issue. Most of, most of, these, most of these workers were... Uh, local people, right, that needed money, uh, that didn't have any, you know, very poor, and these people were getting paid less than nothing. Um, so that's the other thing you got to think about. And this is this is also happening today, guys. When you when you buy something, a produce, you don't really know what goes behind closed doors. And this is this is kind of what's happening here. So in 1899, mm. financial setback made him join the Boston Fruit Company. So he after whatever he did, he wasn't making enough money and he had to join the Boston Fruit Company. So therefore, they created the United Fruit Company or United Fruit um, and he was vice president. So that's kind of how United Fruit Company came to be with eight other people. Oh, so shit. these that's two crazy. people so far control hella land, have their own boats, have their own bananas, have their own workers. So again... As I was saying, would you say that they're a monopoly? Yes. Yes. Like who else is competing? With uh, I the there yeah. is there is another there is another comp a competitor uh, happening at the same time that there's not a lot of information to other than the United Fruit Co. But it's called there's their names is the Baccaro mm -hmm. brothers. Uh, they're originated from Sicily and were Italian American businessmen. 
Um, so they came up with the name Standard mm. Fruit Company in, eight, in 1926. They changed it to Standard Fruit and Steamship Company. Uh, so what happened was that they began operating steamships and uh, cultivating fruit crops. By 1915, they rivaled the United Fruit Company. So this is also happening at the same time mm. in the banana trade okay. in New Orleans. But really quickly, during World, oh. War, World War I, the two companies were competing for ice to refrigerate the ships. And the Vaccaro brothers were able to triumph the competition by buying all the ice houses in New Orleans. And Joseph Vaccaro became known as the Ice King. So and by what and what I Damn. mean by ice to refrigerate the ships is like actual like blocks of ice, right? So, like uh, beginning yeah, of like yeah, frozen. yeah, or, exactly. Uh, but they were able to expand so quickly after the war by buying sur surplus ships at a discount. And in 1924, the company was changed to st uh, to Standard Fruit Company. And in uh, 1926, oh sorry, I already said that. My apologies. So by 1935, they. They had 30 ships in operation. And why is this important is because this company later becomes Dole oh, or Dole. Oh. Yep. Oh my so they're God. also doing the exact same thing as United Fruit Coast. So keep that in mind. So what what happened? What happened? What happened here? What, what, what happened? happened? In 1904, uh, back to my boy Keith. He signed a contract with the with the Guatemalan president to give the company a tax a, a tax exemption, um, land grants, and control of the railroads um, of the Atlantic side of the company. Uh, and this also happened in Honduras. So it doesn't it doesn't go wow. into that when I was looking into it. Other than he pretty much did what he did to the Costa Rican government probably lend them money or promise them something. And that's the kind of re, uh, reoccurring theme here is that they promise them something and they get something in return. And usually it's the, the countries get screwed, right? So what happened in Honduras, boys? Uh, in 1902, the Honduran government gave William F. Streich, Streich of Philadelphia, owner of the Cuyamal Fruit Company of Honduras, Land. They gave him land in return to, for building a five-mile stretch from uh, of railroad from Cuyamal to Veracruz, Mexico. So the Honduran people needed transportation, right? They didn't want to continue relying on rivers because that's very slow. And again, when you're dealing with uh, goods like fruits and coffee or anything like that, you have to get it to the market as soon as possible before it spoils or else you're not going to make any money. Okay, so then this company was later sold uh, to the United Fruit Company in 1930. So, any questions mm -hmm. so far? Okay. Only five miles? Yeah, only five miles. Okay. That's crazy, huh? It was like through mountains or something. Wow. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. There is a picture somewhere. There's a picture of the like the first railroads. They were the first people to build uh, railroads in Honduras. So, who knows? Maybe that's why they give them land. Yeah. Thoughts? Wow. Questions? Um, this would be crazy as a board game. Ban banana? You know? Banana Republic? It's like Monopoly and you're buying up countries and their land. Countries. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the railroads yep. and shit. It'd be crazy. Well, you can get really intricate with it. Who do, we, who, do we, who do we ask to make this game board? Who's the people that make Monopoly? Let's do Dole. Ask them. <laughs> Dole. Hey, Dole. Ooh. Nah, because they would... 
I feel like the game has to be like <laughs> really <laughs> honest <laughs> and like independent of companies because Dole would like rewrite history and be like, "Yeah, we mm-hmm. were winning. Everything. We never did that shit. You know? That was United Fruit Co." Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you might you might ask yourself why Central America, right? Why, why Central? Why, why bananas in Central? America? Why? 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 So <laughs> during this time, the Panama Canal was being built there, right? So there's there Great. obviously that that's a big that's a big 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 cost. My yes, Teddy. thank you, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Yep, shout out. Yep, and um. And obviously, there is a U.S. presence there. So all these American companies are going to Central America. And if shit hits the fan, they can always bounce back on the U.S. government to bail them out. Because at the time, as you said, Caleb, Teddy Roosevelt was president. And Teddy Roosevelt liked to mm. be pretty much have control of as much land as possible. You know, colon, col- uh, the new type of col- colonization, right? So it was for U.S. interests, right? So... Obviously, hella bananas could grow there because of the climate. Central America is right in the equator. So good fucking climate to grow these. And also, again, as I said before, there's pop- poor population. So when you have poor population, they can't kind of a- they can't ask for a lot, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as they get some sort of money, that's like, you know, it's like when you give a dollar bill to like a five, six-year-old. Like, you know, that's that's to them is like might be like $20. But... Are but you with inflation, a whole country of people, five year olds, we're gonna cancel you, yes. Brian. But with inflation, though, it might be like instead of twenty, it might be like five. So, just keep that in mind. Oof. Uh, anyways, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Don't so pretty me. much, Central Americans just wanted infrastructure, uh, ports and railways. Um, that's what they wanted, right? They didn't want anything else. They just wanted infrastructure, right? To kind of get. To kind of get on board or in part with the other countries that's happening, especially like U.S. being right around the corner, and they want to be able to be able to be like the U.S. Right? And what's crazy is most of the time these companies didn't build anything after they were promised in exchange for land or whatever or railroads. They they didn't have to build anything because who is going to enforce it? A broke company that can't even build their own railroads. Like we're you know, it's crazy. They're not able to defend themselves, so wow. they say, "Psych boy, mm-hmm. I'm getting my own. I'm not doing that's that the shit. wrong number." Um, so yeah, there was no people to enforce enforce those contracts. So, and Americans just wanted land and tax breaks. That's pretty much what happened, and it's crazy to think about because it's like, it's like I feel like Shitty. I feel like that's happening now again in a lot of countries where American companies or any sort of West Western company goes into a low-end kind of city or place and they hire them for cheap labor, right? And you see that a lot. Uh, We have sweatshops still happening. It's just crazy to think about that. This stuff was happening in the 1900s and it's still happening in 2022. It's just wild. And it happens in the U.S., like in like four cities, like Amazon going into like, rural areas or like i don't know like i i think i read somewhere that like some city like all of their workforce had gone through amazon at least once Mm. like the whole city (laughs) 
Like it's ridiculous. So Amazon's doing that in cities in the U.S. Yeah, now. it's wild, and it makes me think like Central Jeff. America too, with like the drug lords and stuff. Like it's everyone just people coming in from other places, exploiting these people, exploiting their land, doing all the resources, and pumping it back out to other places. And mm-hmm. we do it, yeah, in South America. I mean, like Central America, South America, and Africa. Like Africa, all the diamonds and all the oil and stuff. They should be one of the richest continents, but it's from people going and extracting everything out. Just makes me sick. Yeah. It makes me sick. Parasites. Makes me sick. But anyways, the supply chain. So why is all of this that I said again important? Is because you have to own, control the transportation, control the product. And lastly, you have to control the people, right? That is the most important thing. Uh, so. Yeah. And that could be our board game goal. <laughs> yeah. To control. You got to control the transportation. You got to control the people. You got to control yes. the products. Yes. <laughs> so now that's the first part of pretty much the beginning, right? And I do want to talk about the United Fruit Company, but it's a long story. So that being said. Uh, we're going to probably cut this into two parts. First part today, or as of this recording, and then the next part uh, sometime next week. So we're, well, we probably will talk about, like I said, United Fruit Company and kind of like the shadiness of, of this actual company. Okay. So, Shady. so that being said. My biggest takeaway from part one, big mics. Big mics. You know? Got the flavor, not the girth, but hey, yes, sir. But they last longer. Yes, sir. Ladies, <laughs> they last longer. Yes, sir. Or boys, <laughs> or boys. That's right. Open. That's right. Yeah, trust in any any takeaways. Or our non-binary yeah, folk. Yeah. Anybody That's can have true. a big mic. You just have to go look for him. Just dust yep. your shoulders off, you know. Yes. Trust in any any uh, reference any. Anything you want might want to add. Or mm, no, my biggest takeaway is that business is always give and take, give and take. And sometimes you can take a lot and you luck out. <clears throat> That's what yes, that is true. That is true. Like I said, guys, catch us next week. We'll, we'll probably we'll continue the story. Hopefully, this is a two-part series kind of talking about the dark history of the Cavendish banana. So, yeah, this has been 3 Men in the Shower Thoughts. Pieces. <laughs>